0: So, occasionally in life, we are confronted with problems or challenges or obstacles that quickly grow to a size that we feel overwhelmed and unable to handle. What started off as just a little challenge quickly grows into something where it just seems bigger than life itself. So much so that sometimes our problems seem so big and God seems so small. Well, uh, I, I am going through one of those seasons right now where I feel like what's ahead of me seems a bit overwhelming. I feel stressed uh, I, 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 at, at night. I, I think I'm thinking about different things. And it's, it was during this season where I came across a familiar quote that I'd read many, many years ago by a pastor named A.W. Tozer. And the thing that he said is this. He said, the most important thing about you is what you think about when you think about God. So it's not what you do or your job that's most important. It's not where you're from or your background. It's not who you know, your friends. It's not even how much you make, your salary. He says those things are important, but the most important thing about you is what you think about when you think about God. It affects your attitudes, your decisions, and your behavior more than anything else. It shapes how you see the world, how you see people, and how you see life. And the problem is that sometimes we, instead of, we, we, we shrink God down to the size of our problems. Instead of seeing God for who he is, we see God through the lens of our problems. And so my hope today is to help you expand your view of who God is. Not that that takes away your problems, but that it pales in comparison to the God that we love and worship and serve. And so we're going to be looking at a, a number of psalms today. We're in a series through the book of Psalms. And we will be, uh, there will be one theme that runs through about half a dozen of them that we'll look at. And that one theme today will be the majesty, the grandeur, and the glory of God. That he is larger, greater, and bigger than anything that we, can, we are confronted with. So we're going to start off by reading from Psalm chapter 8, verse 1. This is one of the many psalms that we'll read today. And the psalmist begins by saying this, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Then he goes on to say, When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? human beings that you care for them so today that's what we're going to do we are going to consider the heavens when i was in high school uh i asp- i actually want to be an astronaut anybody here want to want to astronaut? a few of you right uh yeah I, back then back when i was younger i also wanted to be a football player until i realized that i wasn't good enough to play professional football I also, uh, uh, before that, I remember, I, and this is totally going to date me, but I, after, I wanted to be a jet pilot after watching the movie Top Gun, right? Like, what, what, what 14-year-old boy doesn't want to be a jet pilot after watching that movie? So today, and one of those things that I wanted to be was an astronomer or an, or an astronaut. So, just as a way of of caution, we're gonna talk a lot about astronomy and numbers, okay? I'm gonna throw a lot of numbers out there for you, and and we're gonna get to a point, again, talking about God's majesty, grandeur, and glory. So, as we consider the heavens, let's start off here, where we live. Planet Earth. This is a photograph of the blue marble taken from Apollo 17. Uh, We live somewhere on this uh, planet, On the other side uh, of that blue moon is where we live in the United States, in Michigan, in Ann Arbor. Uh, And so uh, when you look at the Earth, we don't often consider how large the Earth is. If you were to travel around the Earth, you would actually be traveling for 25,000 miles. As we zoom out of the Earth, and you take a look at our solar system, we have a star called the Sun. And the sun is, uh, any astronomy majors here or took classes, how many miles is the earth from the sun? 93 million. 93 million miles from the sun to the earth, which means at the speed of light, it takes the sunlight to reach the earth in eight, a little over eight minutes, right? To travel 93 million miles. When you look at our entire solar system, the distance from Pluto, which is not on the screen, right? Pluto always gets shafted, right? You're not a real planet and you don't get to be on the screen. Uh, It's a little over three and a half billion miles. Our solar system is pretty large. As we zoom out even more from our solar system, we have the Milky Way, not the candy bar, it's the galaxy in which our solar system is located. And our solar system, which is very large, is but a very small speck in in the Milky Way. There it is. And the Milky Way to travel from one end to the other. Uh, any guesses on how many miles it, it would take to go from one end to the other? Any Any guesses? <laughs> is that a real number? Uh, I don't, here's a, we're not even talking miles now. We're talking light years. It's 100,000 light years. So if light travels at, at 186,000 miles Per second, which is amazing. That's seven and a half times around the Earth in one second. If it travels that fast, then a light year is how far light travels over a course of 365 days, which is 5.87 trillion miles. So, if you take 587 trillion miles times hundred thousand, uh, a hundred thousand, I think you get. Uh, whatever you said, that fake number that you <laughs> you said, right? <laughs> so it's really big, and astronomers say that the Milky Way is but one galaxy among a, a whole bunch of other galaxies—at least hundred billion other galaxies—and uh, get this, in the observable universe, the galaxies that we could see with the Hubble telescope, which is why—and the psalmist also declares this in Psalm 33. He says, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Imagine that. God just says, let it be. And all this is made. They're starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. Astronomers estimate that there are approximately one septillion stars in the known universe. I don't even know what that number means, right? Septillion, that's one with uh, 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 24 zeros after it. This is what a septillion looks like. And this is how many known stars there are in the known universe. And the psalmist says that by the mere breath of God's mouth, he created and flung all these stars into the universe. Another Psalm 147 says he determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Imagine naming all of those stars. I know like the name of like three stars, right? Like, okay, Alpha Centauri, Betelgeuse, Polaris, After that, (laughs) there's a whole lot more that I I, I give up, right? And one of those stars is actually our very own sun, which actually is a raging ball of fire, right? It's a lot more fierce than we imagine it to be. And here's a helpful perspective, even as we look, consider the the size of the sun here. If the earth were the size of a golf ball, the earth, uh, the sun would be about 15 feet Uh, in diameter now I know that doesn't sound very impressive right 15 feet but just imagine this Uh, see see that ball of fire on the screen if that is the size of the Sun the size of the earth is that blue dot can you see it it's like right in the middle it's like the eye of Sauron right (laughs) those of you in the back can't even see it right that's how large the Sun is compared to the earth In fact, you could take 1.3 million Earths and stuff them inside the sun. That's how large the sun is. But the sun isn't even the largest star that we have, Uh, right? Like, if if you look out, uh, this, again, is another helpful perspective. Again, let's start with the size of the Earth. Here's a chart here, starting off with the the smallest planet, Mercury, Mars, Venus, and going to Earth. Earth looks pretty large in this diagram, now, let's compare Earth to the next-sized planets and stars. Look how tiny Earth is compared to Neptune and Uranus, right? No junior high jokes about the t- planet Uranus, right? Uh, it has a low self-esteem anyways. Look how tiny Earth is compared to Saturn and Jupiter. Jupiter is just gigantic. And then when you go to the next uh, screen, there's Jupiter, tiny little Jupiter, compared to Wolf 359, and the sun, and there is Sirius, which is where we get our satellite radio, right? Sirius is just a huge star. Now, look how large Sirius is compared to some of these other stars. There's Sirius compared to Pollux, Arcturus, Aldebaran. Aldebaran is just a gigantic star. Again, look again in comparison. Aldebaran, tiny little marble. Compared to Regal, Antares, and Betelgeuse. How many of you learned about Betelgeuse in school? Didn't you guys go to school? (laughs) Come on, Betelgeuse is one of the stars in the constellation of Orion. Orion's belt, right? One of the famous constellations. Betelgeuse is one of the largest and most luminous stars in the night sky. And again, by comparison, if the Earth were the size of a golf ball, Betelgeuse, if you laid the golf ball down, Betelgeuse, this star, would be the height of six Empire State Buildings, right? Some of you know how tall the Empire State Building is. Imagine six of those stacked right on top of each other, and that's Betelgeuse compared to this golf ball. Not only that, but you could fit 262 trillion golf balls inside Betelgeuse, uh, now, now uh, here, here's another comparison, and I had the most fun with this calculation. Uh, if the earth was the size of a ball, golf ball, that would be enough golf balls to fill up the big house. 500,000 times. Okay, can you even comprehend that? And this is Betelgeuse, and Betelgeuse isn't even the largest star. There's Betelgeuse, VV Cephe-A. A. I have no idea what VV means. And then the largest star in the known universe, VY Canis Majoris, literally VY Big Dog. Right, Canis Majoris. This is like the big star of all the stars. And again, if the Earth was the size of a golf ball, Canis Majoris would be the size of Mount Everest. Again, see, you're that little speck right here in this golf ball, and that is Canis Majoris. And you could fit, and I don't even comprehend this number, seven quadrillion Earths inside Canis Majoris. So I need to do some analogy to to help me understand. Seven quadrillion, I don't even get that. So let's start off with an easy number, 1,000. 1,000 seconds ago was 16 minutes ago 1 million seconds ago Was 12 days ago August 1st 2018 that's a million seconds when you go from a million to a billion You may be like, oh, okay. Okay. I get this uh, three years right something like that 32 years so, that'd be like December 1986 is a billion seconds ago. When you start saying uh, one trillion seconds ago, you're like, okay, uh, I, get, I get it. Christopher Columbus, 1492, way off. Almost 30,000 years before Christ is a trillion second. Now, here we get to a quadrillion A quadrillion second ago is 31 million years ago. And you could fit seven quadrillion Earths into Canis Majoris. I think this is why the prophet Isaiah in chapter 40, verse 12 says that God measures the universe with the palm of his hand. So this is God. He says, universe, and there it is which is also why I think the psalmist says in in, in chapter 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. You know, you can read that, but then when you consider the heavens, you start to think, maybe we're not quite as important as we thought we were. Or maybe our lives aren't quite as grand as we make them out to be right? Remember the first song that we read in the sermon, right? It says, when, we, when I consider the heavens, your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, who are we? Who is mankind that you would even care about us? Because God is so great and so majestic and so glorious, but we shrink God down to the size of our problems. But when we get outside ourselves and consider the universe that God has made, it changes everything. If God is greater than the universe he created, if the universe he measures with the, uh, the, the uh, breadth of his hand, we realize that we worship an unrivaled, an uncontested God with unsurpassing beauty, power, majesty, and glory. And we realize how small, weak, and fragile we are. That we are one among seven and a half billion people on this tiny but privileged planet in this massive universe that God created. And then I think, this is a God that I have a relationship with. And then I feel a sense of shame and embarrassment. Because, as a confession, much of my praying to this God consists of telling him what I want him to do for me. It consists of suggesting ways that he might do what I want him to do. And it consists of me questioning him when he doesn't seem to get it right. God is so much larger than we could ever imagine. That doesn't mean that we're insignificant or unimportant. In fact, the, 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 the uh, opposite. And here's the good news. Though we are small and fragile and weak, we have been created in the image of God, right? In the very image of God. And therefore, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, which is another psalm where he says, I praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Therefore, no no matter how small, weak, and fragile, and insignificant we are, that means that you are of utmost importance to him. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. He knows you more than you know yourself. Matthew chapter 10, verse 30, even says this. He knows even the very hairs of your head, and they are all numbered. Now, for a few of you, that's not much of a challenge or task, Right? But for the average person, you have 100,000 hairs on your head. Redheads, for whatever reason, have 90,000. Blondes have 140,000. And brunettes have somewhere in between. Now, next time you want to say, man, God doesn't care. He, doesn't, he seems in, uninterested. He's too busy with the universe. Remember this verse and remember that he cares more than you will ever know. He cares about the things that you don't even care about. Like how many of you right now cared about that one piece of hair that fell off your head during the sermon? Anybody? Right? You lose about 50 to 100 uh, hairs a day, and God counts all of them. Even the very numbers you your head are all numbered by God, which is why the Psalm, in Psalm 103, this is what the psalmist says, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, how high is the heavens above the earth that's like, like as far as the universe goes he, so great is his love for those who fear him who revere him who praise him and then he says how as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us so do this you take a two-dimensional map of the world on one end, you start in the middle, on one, on, and you go east in one direction, and you go west in the other direction. At what point will those two uh, uh, points meet? In a two-dimensional mind. They will never meet together. That's the whole point. As far as the east is from the west, God has removed your sins and transgressions because of his son Jesus. And so this is amazing because I know right now, there are some of you here, your world is, you, you are hurting your world is spinning out of control. You're experiencing pain that you never asked for, and you don't know how to deal with it. But God has made a promise. You place your trust in him, and he will hold you and through whatever you go through, and he will carry you through all the days of your life. And God says, look, I am bigger and greater than any of your problems. No matter what comes in this lifetime, no matter how difficult the road, no matter how dark the night, I will hold on to you and I will hold you together and carry you through. Now, we may hear that and say, well, okay, that, that's a bunch of church talk. Like, how do I even know? Like, I, I don't feel that. I don't sense that. How do we know that God is going to hold on to us and that he won't let us go? Because, and this is, this, is, this is the foundation of everything that we believe in. This comes back to the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. The reason why we know this is because at the cross, the breather of stars became the bearer of sins. The creator of the universe became the savior of the world. And the cross is proof that God doesn't always change our circumstances, although he could. He didn't do that for his own son when he was dying on the cross. He didn't go and change the circumstances for him. And so the cross is proof that God might not change our circumstances, But the cross is also proof that God has a purpose in our pain and our suffering and our problems, right? He used what would be considered the greatest evil, the crucifixion of Jesus, the only sinless person in the entire history of the world, his death to bring about the greatest good, which is salvation for all humanity. And the cross is proof that God's purpose will prevail. Prevail. And let that be a reminder for some of you. Whatever you're going through now, maybe it's loneliness or breakup or divorce, maybe it's cancer or bankruptcy, that God will, he may not change those circumstances, and that doesn't minimize the problems you're going through, but just know this, because of the cross, God has a purpose in that. He will take some of your greatest hardships and troubles, and he will one day, he will will use that for such good in your life. If you're in the middle of that right now, you may not believe that. But how many times have you looked back when when you're not in in the darkest times of life, you look back and you're you're like, man, if I didn't go through this, if I didn't lose my job at that point, this would have never happened. Or, Or if I didn't lose this at that point in my life, like, man, so much good came out of it. So just, if you're in that place, Let me just say this. Long before you decide what you were going to do with God, God decided what he was going to do with you. And here's the good news. And what he decided to do with you was he was not going to give you what your sins deserved. He gave his son Jesus what your sins and my sins deserved so that he could invite you and I into this story that is so much larger than about our own small, distracted lives, this story that is all about him and his glory. So could I just say this, no matter what you're going through, and again, this doesn't make your problems go away, and this actually doesn't minimize your problems, but it does help expand our view of God. And my hope is that in a few moments as we worship together, that you will come before his presence and you will just worship him in awe and wonder because his grace is strong enough and it's sufficient to hold you through whatever you go through and he will bring you through all that you go through. And you, my prayer is that you will see his peace and his goodness even through your darkest days. So like the psalmist we are going to stand. We are going to sing. We are going to declare the glory of God to the ends of the earth. Would you do that? Let's all stand together. As you stand, would you join me? Bow your heads and close your eyes. Would you join me in prayer? And so, God, you are the one who, very, from the very beginning, displayed your glory, not only in creation, but throughout the entire universe. So God, your ways are so much higher. You are so much greater than even our thoughts can imagine. So God, would you open our eyes to the wonder of who you are. And rather than feeling small and insignificant in your presence, may you just flood our hearts with your love. Love that never ends, that is as high as the heavens as to the earth. Your forgiveness that That separates our sin as far as the east is to the west. And so God, in this moment, even in our brokenness, even in our pain, we lift up our voices, we lift up our heads, we say glory to God, we say praise to your name, the name that is unmatchable and unrivaled by any other name. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's join together as we sing and worship.